0: David, and we have a special guest with us. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, I'm Talia. Nice to uh, hang out with you guys. You may remember Talia because we had her on a podcast uh, a couple years ago on our podcast about crossovers. Uh, but uh, since then, uh, she has uh, come out and, and begun transitioning, and uh, it's all very, very exciting. Yeah. So um, happy to very, have
1: you back. <laughs> yeah, very
2: exciting. It's very funny to be on a podcast, both like having. An, uh, an episode in the past where I didn't transition And then a new one where I did
0: So it's like, crazy <laughs> yeah.
1: We're bookending book your, uh, your My experience My life, yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly
0: <laughs> Yes, but uh, we, we wanted to uh, have Talia on Partly to talk about this new Netflix show That has gained some notoriety There was a, a big write-up about it in The New Yorker and then there were a lot of think pieces after people went to watch it, sort of saying that uh, it, it plays into some uncomfortable tropes mm-hmm. and we'd like to talk about uncomfortable tropes here and and really break them apart and deal with them
1: there's there's a hidden invisible uncomfortable sandwich between the talking tropes um. yeah
0: yeah it's right. and it's and
2: it's it's great because some of the shows that use the worst tropes are also horrific shows like they're just like bad right. like bland and boring <laughs> um beyond just being like problematic in so many ways
0: and and this is no exception this uh, this is the show behind her eyes on netflix it was written by Steve Lightfoot, who uh, has done a, a, a few other shows. Um, he did he did Hannibal and uh, The Punisher, so shows that other people like that I have not been able to get myself into. Uh, <laughs> and it's uh, based on a novel by Sarah Pinborough, and uh, and she, she's a British author, and uh, it 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 sort of tells the story of you know a typical. A typical romance plot of uh, a a secretary working in London falls for her boss who's married and then they have an affair and then things get complicated when she befriends uh, her boss's current wife (laughs) (laughs) crazy shit right yeah uh so i mean it's very you know consciously playing into those like romance novel tropes uh that you know without adding too much in terms of like complication and then throughout it you're not sure who's good and who's bad and then at the end there is a a double twist is what they refer to it you find out that the the wife character has the ability to switch bodies with people through dreaming. Astral project. Through, yeah, David, get it right. Through astral projecting into other people's a, bodies. A
2: consequence of astral projection in this universe is the ability to switch bodies.
0: <laughs> I see. and uh, And so then the double twist is you find out that the wife character was not... The wife character at all, but a different character named Rob, who, whom she met at a rehabilitation and mental health clinic, uh, and befriended, and then Rob switched bodies with her and then killed her in order to seduce her husband. You can already see where so, this is going,
2: if anyone is right. paying
0: attention. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, on the one level, this is just... You know, it's an out of nowhere twist that is just designed to get people talking about your shitty book. Uh, <laughs> on another, on another level, it's it's a twist that relies on this idea of gender uh, being fixed to uh, to the body, and that to change gender is to is to steal someone's body. Mm-hmm. And then to use that body to commit crime, <laughs> so it's crime doing crime, crime trans.
1: I mean, <laughs> trans you know, crime. The fact there there is the slogan "Be gay, do crime," but not like this. this no, this not, is like not, that. A, not like this. This is not, like not this. This. the intention.
0: Um. So yeah, I mean, there have been multiple think pieces written about why uh, this this was not a good look for <laughs> for for behind her eyes, the Netflix series. Um, on the one level, it's just sort of saying that like, you know, a gay man who is attracted to, you know, this sexy Scotsman, uh, would, would then just sort of trade bodies with a woman in an instant just to gain access to heterosexual marriage with that person. Uh, so that's like, on the one hand, it's sort of, there's a homophobic element to it. And then the idea that. Even if you're not specifically saying that Rob is tr- a trans woman, he is stealing a woman's body and invading <laughs> women's spaces. And
1: tricking a straight in, man into having sex with him. And tricking a straight man yeah. you know, into having sex with him. It's a common turf talking point.
2: It's a common trope in, like, in like also in media in general to, like, I, I mean, Lindsay Ellis did a really good video on this recently about, like, transphobia in media mm-hmm. and, like, covered, like, Silence of the Lambs, and a bunch of, like, references to, like, quote-unquote trans characters from, like, 20th century media. Mm-hmm. And it's always like, Haha, ha tricked ya! Joke's on you, buddy! Uh, this girl you thought was a girl has a penis! Yeah! Uh, swing! And it's like, and the audience is supposed to laugh.
1: Or, or wanting to not have a penis makes you psychotic.
2: Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, in the spirit of plugging other other people's content on the topic, uh, I, I'd i also like to plug uh, ContraPoints' video on J.K. Rowling, which mm-hmm. in some ways can kind of function as a little bit of J.K. Rowling ap- apologia, but it certainly <laughs> interrogates the history of the trope of the, the trans killer and uh, and trans crime mm-hmm. so definitely check that out as as well um, but I thought we could start just by sort of you know explaining a little bit more about what this what it's like to watch this show <laughs> and and what maybe the appeal would be to some imagined audience
1: I mean uh, I, I
0: why the twist
1: I personally can't speak to the appeal but you know we haven't explicitly brought it up yet but um... At least in the Netflix adaptation, uh, Louise, the woman whose body is stolen at the end, is black woman. Um, <laughs> and so yeah. it just really adds like an extra bit of like st- digging the knife in and twisting it when we're talking yeah, not, about how not problematic this, this show is. Not gets. only is this
2: homophobic and transphobic, but it also is racist.
1: It's so really racist. It's just,
2: it's just like, Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, and I think because the twist kind of comes pretty late in the story, at least explicitly, because there are hints earlier, Um, but... But, you know, the explicit twist comes later. The, like, total obliviousness of... Like, it's clear there was no black writers in this room. Because, like, half the time I was watching this, I'm like, how come she is not looking at these two crazy white people and going, this is some crazy white people shit. Like, I'm not gonna befriend my boss's wife while I'm having an affair with him. That's insane. Like, right.
0: I mean, the, the response from Black Twitter was a lot of variations on the theme of, you know, this is a story about why people should mind their own damn business. <laughs> right. Uh, exactly. Which is, which is certainly true. But I mean, it's it's sort of a, a staple of the sort of, uh, you know, erotic thriller, right, that you have uh, the, the characters always need to be like investigating each other for I their know. past crimes and and like oh did they kill someone (laughs) oh did they you know did they rob somebody i don't like did they steal someone's identity and it's it's always stuff like that in these you know erotic thriller novels and i
2: think for me you know going because this is a so i think adding some context of what this is this is a limited series so there's only Mm -hmm. six episodes they're an hour long and it's you know it's it was i think produced by the BBC or like it's a british like it's it's produced by Netflix, but it's like based... It's a, it's a British production, it's a British but I don't, production. Think
0: it's, it's, I don't think it's related to the BBC gotcha. uh, in terms of production. So yeah, it's
2: a, it's a British production studio, so obviously any trans person or anyone who's like, pays attention to the news is like, wait a minute, British television, transphobia... And then putting two to tune two, yeah. two and two together, you can understand the the lore of Turf Island has come into media yeah. uh, f- in full force. <laughs> Turf Island, uh, yeah. I heard that? One. Oh, you haven't? It? Oh, it's it's common that's across. That's an um, Abigail Thorn. It's
1: an Ab- <laughs> I, at least I was introduced to it. Through yeah, she Abigail it. videos, and
2: now all of trans Twitter uses it all the time. Um, <laughs> I have a, like there are people I talk to from the UK on trans Twitter, and. Uh, it's not great what's going on over there so yeah. this coming out at like the time when they're you know crack like they're 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 putting harsher restrictions on trans medication and uh, there's more culture war bullshit attacking trans people um, you know this is you know it's no coincidence essentially that this would come out at this time mm-hmm. um, and it's like you don't really notice it. Until the last two episodes, barely even the last, the second to last episode. You notice it in the last episode, in the last like forty, like thirty minutes. And most of the show for me is like, because I'm not a big romance thriller person, but even still, most productions or most shows that I do watch can kind of keep me engaged. There was nothing keeping me engaged and attracted to these characters at all.
1: Really? Yeah.
2: Maybe maybe it's because I knew kind of like. I didn't know the twist. I didn't know... The, I Like, I knew that there was... Because, like, there was, like, a little premise bubble, and it mentioned astral projection, and I knew there was transphobia involved in this. But <laughs> there, it didn't... Like, it, there was no unveiling of it in the first, like, two to... I think the third episode as well, where it was just, like, it just... Did not keep me attracted like, to the were show. just
0: thinking, hurry up and get to the transphobia <laughs> so I can stop <laughs> watching. Uh, <laughs> hurry
2: up and, like, or not even that. Hurry up and get to, like, the supernatural aspect of this. Yeah, and, like, yeah. at least make it, like... Like, I thought this was going to be, like, a guy... Like, I thought, like, Rob was going to be doing this the entire show. Like, with a bunch of different people. And... The, mm. and Louisa had to like figure it out and like crack it down, and that's what the whole thing was going to be about. But no, it was just like four people. It was just three people involved in the whole situation. It's a love triangle story that is that attacks mental illness, that yeah. attacks uh, gay relationships, that attacks trans people, and then in the end, just uh, you know, comes out and be- and does a racism.
1: Yeah, just steals a black woman's body. It's and fine. It's,
2: it's like. Lazy in a lot of ways, and I just felt really bored in a lot of the earlier episodes because I just wasn't attracted, attached to like Bono's daughter.
0: <laughs> is that who that? Uh, yeah, is that That's who, who Adele,
2: Adele is? Adele is Bono's daughter.
1: Yeah, she's weird. I I will say uh, uh, the actress who plays Louise though, uh, Simona Brown. I could just watch her for hours. I thought, despite the material, she turned in a really good performance, personally.
0: Um, But I I do think that there is something to analyze in, 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 you know, the first six, you know, five and a half episodes before the twist is revealed. Because I think it is is about something, you know. Like, there are themes (laughs) that even if you don't know the twist, you can identify. Which, it it seems to be, you know, it's a story about manipulation, Mm -hmm. first of all. Uh, but it's also this story about like making assumptions about people, because the whole point is that you know Louise can't decide if it's the husband or the wife who's the creepy controlling one. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're both sort of acting in in weird sort of controlling ways, and and what whereas Adele is portraying herself as a victim of you know of 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 marital abuse of domestic abuse. It's secretly her manipulating him into abusing her. So I think there are problematic tropes even before we get to the twist. Right. In that we're dealing with this story about, you know, don't judge that really obvious publicly. Like everybody knows that he's an abuser because he might secretly have a trans wife tricking him into being an abuser. <laughs> Yeah. Jesus. That's like it's so weird to think about it <laughs> like that.
1: I mean, I think you're yeah, you're right. Like yeah. it's it's definitely like, oh, I don't want to assume anything about anyone, but also, you know, it's the problem with these thrillers is that you you have to keep questioning and digging deeper to to get right. that sense of narrative catharsis, but like in reality <laughs> digging into people's past like this is like a huge invasion
0: exactly so like first you know louise is you know thinking oh my god this you know this husband guy he's telling her that she can't leave the house she's saying that uh uh you know that that she's not allowed to you know spend any money or have any money like you know but then you find out that she controls some of uh, you know he he, can, he controls all of her money and all of her finances, uh, and she used to be wealthy. And then her parents died in a fire, and it kind of seems like maybe he burned them to death. Yeah, uh, yeah. To, to get to her, um, he went in and saved and there's her. All of these and he's misleads got this and red herrings. Burn
2: mark on his arm, and it's like where? Like right. in the first episode, you're just like, hmm, where where'd you get that thing? Where'd and, you get and that and... thing, buddy.
1: And, like, they're in this horrible, strained marriage together, and, you know, the show keeps refusing to answer really, like, why it got this way, because we're mm-hmm. shown flashbacks of them being, you know, truly in love, it seems.
0: Right. Yeah. And then and then yeah. you're supposed to think, oh, what happened is she is a murderer, <laughs> and she murdered her friend Rob, because he's not in the show anymore, but we have his diary, mm-hmm. um...
1: So burn, you're burn. supposed to
0: think, oh, Adele killed Rob, and that's why he's grown grown cold and distant. Either because he killed killed Rob in jealousy and can't go to the police about it. Or, you know, can't leave her or right. she'll tell the police. Or she killed Rob, and he doesn't want to turn her in, but can't see her the same, you know, as she was. But it's neither of those. And, like,
2: <laughs> even in other shows where you have those similar tropes, like, the par- the relationship is, like... It, it like It's very obvious To even people just like observing The relationship that like Oh there's something fucked up about yeah. it Where it's like Adele saying Hey I love you, hey I love you Hey I love you and he just says nothing Like just yeah. straight up It's like almost hilarious how dramatic A difference that is like Like she says I love you He says I know and then walks to work Like right. that's like the first Like that's the first episode And like Oh, okay, so they have a shitty right. relationship. All right, you I just get think it. it's a loveless marriage. It's a loveless but... marriage. That's it, <laughs> you know. <Yeah>. That's it. <laughs>
0: um, I, I want to return to the point that, that you were making, Hannah, about uh, you know, black bodies, black women's bodies. Yeah, I mean, and... that's
1: that's the biggest mm-hmm. vibe that I got from this, you know, throughout the, the course of it before the you know, sort of awful trans reveal <laughs> at the end <laughs> um is just like it's get out you know like Louise's friendship with Adele you know Adele is like doing all these things to help her like improve herself you know like oh you must stop having these nightmares here's yeah. how you do it you know and like oh you must like stop uh, start coming to the gym with me and like working yeah. out, and you know, let me improve your body before I inhabit it, you know, right? Um, like, it's it's yeah. and it's
2: also like, like, it's very obvious, like, in their first like meeting, and in their first like, f- like, because it, it is revealed that like Adele has been like, like, found like stalks, stalks whatever is David the entire time yeah. he's like out and about, so. The, like, when they were out in the first episode at the bar, uh, Adele was watching him. And, uh, you know, she realizes that, like, oh, he has a thing for, for, for Luis. And then, um, what's it? She, like, tries to find her, like, just walking on the street and then just, like, tries to become friends with her. And... There's obviously signals that are coming from Adele that are like, this person is not someone that you would want to be friends with. Or right. like, why would you want to deal with this? And then you find out that she is your boss's wife. Why would you continue that? No one, no one in any because universe would he, want she to She wants do to
0: be the one to, to, to either save Adele from David or save David, David from, from Adele. Adele. She wants to be a, a hero uh, in this relationship that is not a purpose. <laughs> right. So like,
2: so like, there, like at the end, it's like, oh, she couldn't save like her mother, right, because of like a drug overdose. Yeah, right? I think that's like the like the underlying thing, and she keeps having these nightmares about it. And yeah,
0: the theme of trauma the, that runs yeah. through the whole show.
2: And oh, it's like Adele's having an overdose at her house. So Adele says, "Hey." Uh, I'm gonna go, uh, kill myself, uh, and go overdose, uh, and, uh, like, via text or phone call or something. Yeah. And, um, and then, uh, and Louisa. then she, Louisa goes and tries to save her, and it's like, yeah, I guess, like, if or you Louisa's. had, like, yeah, I, I guess you, like, should save her in, like, if you had, like, some long, like, if you did not know the situation, if you had no background for this, but this is a TV show, you would not ever... Go and try to save this person if she's tried to kill multiple people in the past, and like this is also after a reveal where she tried to like threaten another woman who was flirting with David.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think probably, I think probably she could have gotten uh, gotten Louise and switched bodies with her, whether she had come to her house specifically or not. Right. Um, um, you know, that's that's why she drugs herself and then sets a fire as well. Uh, you know, so, like, you know, the, like, well, the, 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 the issue th- is not that she has to drug her more in order to kill her in, in the way that she did with Rob.
1: But she does.
0: But she does anyway, because it's, you know, lucky, lucky that she just came over <laughs> and made things easier for her. <laughs> yeah. It, um,
2: yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, and also, <laughs> as you're overhearing, as we're talking about it, the show also does not treat addicts well. No. So. So that's a good point, every yeah. little thing that you can possibly think, oh, they probably shouldn't do that. Oh, they probably shouldn't do that. Oh, you know, it they just they check all the they uncheck all the boxes of all <laughs> the things they shouldn't do and then do them. Yeah.
0: Uh. Yeah. Bad joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Um but it's not like this stuff comes from nowhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything that we've said has been done a million times before, and I think that's part of why It's so frustrating to see it all sort of boiled down, and with nothing really of substance added, nothing, nothing human, nothing like personal
1: commentary on it. And like (laughs) I, I think media is allowed to exist where like the bad guys do terrible things and win. I just don't think this show said anything interesting about the bad guy winning beyond, like, shock value, you know? Yeah,
0: right, and it's a, it's about what makes that person a bad person, right? you know? The things that make this person bad are that Rob is a gay man who is a drug addict who is obsessed with uh, a man. So, you know, it's, it's specifically his homosexuality that is the problem. And then the fact that he's willing to kill someone, kill a woman to steal her body, is that you know his transness is mm-hmm. what makes him evil. Yeah, right. Uh, makes and it, and him it's... or her, depending on how you you read the 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 plot, whether she's actually a trans woman and now is Adele and then Louise, or whether it's still Rob, a man in a woman's body. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of transphobic,
2: you know, repetitions and kind of like in. When you were iterating what was going on in the show, that's a lot of, like, what trans people say, is that um, trans relationships are... Trans people are just... uh, Well, trans women specifically are, like, men who identify as trans, or um, um, gay men that, like, want to dress as women um, type of thing, or men that want to be in women's spaces. Like... Mm -hmm. Like it is, it, like it is very overt in the show that Rob is a gay man. Like, yeah. like it is said in the show. Yeah. We said, like, it, you know, it's in, like there's like an illusion in a horrific way that Rob is trans, which I don't think is necessarily true. But like, you know, this is. But, th- but that's a common trope as well. Exactly,
0: is that you'll create characters who are not real yep. trans mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. to be your 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 villains, like in dressed to kill or in uh in um silence of the lambs silence of the lambs Mm -hmm. where buffalo bill who is literally you know killing women to steal their bodies by taking their skins Mm -hmm. uh he's he's described as not a real trans person so just someone who thinks that they're trans which is you know, not it's not that much better when it no. comes
1: to representation and yeah, public and like
0: media, it's just sort of painting over your transgression and saying yeah. eh, like, and don't take it too seriously. And I mentioned the Lindsay
2: Ellis video earlier, and she covers this exact same part about the fact that in the, in Silence of the Lambs they talk about uh, like, oh, he's not a real trans person, uh, but like obviously any average person who goes in and watches this movie when it came out right in the 90s, right? Yeah, uh, right? is is not going to understand that or understand what it means and anytime anyone references Silence of the Lambs, they're not going to think about that. They're only going <laughs> to think about what the representation of Buffalo Bill is and apply right. that to trans people. So it doesn't really matter. It's just the what you
0: idea that when you when you do anything to gender, which, you know, in the essentialist view is is completely tied to the, the body mm-hmm. and the soul. And it comes with immutable characteristics. Right. If you do anything to damage that essentialism, <laughs> uh, then then you are transgressing. You've become a monster. Yeah. And Rob is exactly that queer monster mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that you know, has been the subject of a great deal of, of queer media studies. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think, like, what you're saying about essentialism is... Like, it's it's sort of key to the whole body-swapping trope and genre as a whole a little bit, where it's, you know, this idea that you can wholly transplant some sense of self from one body to the next. To another. And, and that, that body will then, you know, take on characteristics of, of this other thing, you know, like... Um, I think there's a Sherlock Holmes story where some scientist is like shooting up with like monkey genome or whatever, and <laughs>
2: wait <laughs> like, really?
1: Yeah, it's like one of the like original stories. Um, oh jeez. And and you know he starts acting aggressive and like climbing things, and oh it was because he he did the monkey juice, so of course was he's acting like. this also George of the
2: Jungle? <laughs> <laughs> well, what was the one where his heart was replaced with, like, a baboon's heart?
1: Yes, I don't know if it's that, Fox. but, like, that, that's a, um, it's was like that, that, side of, that sort of idea yeah. where, you know, you take a pig heart and you put it in someone and suddenly they're more piggish, um, that, like, there is immutable qualities tied to bodies and also, the like essence of bodies, the soul, in a way. Um,
0: yeah, I- H- Hannah, you shared an, an article uh, that that I think you are referencing yeah. about uh, about this. Um, it's called uh, "Essentialist Beliefs About Bodily Transplants in the United States and in India." Yeah. So this was sort of a cognitive psych study uh, conducted by Meredith Myers, Sarah Jane Leslie, and Susan A. Gelman and Sarah M. Stillwell. Uh, so just to cite our sources yes, there, yes. and you also shared something. We've been talking a lot about uh, trans women,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but uh, it this this trope is you know about any transgression of of the you know cisnormative ideas, essentialist ideas of, of gender, mm-hmm. and so you shared a really interesting article uh, called.
1: Yeah, the trans horror stories and society's fear of the trans masculine body uh, by Sasha Geffen in Them. Uh, and yeah, I
0: think it was a really interesting yeah. tracing of you know. Wait, the the show Them has has has. N-
1: has no, the has the stuff? publication Them. Oh,
2: okay. <laughs> I was just like because I know that the show just came out and it's like. You know. No,
1: specifically, this article talks about um, hereditary and then also uh, a, a magazine feature in the Atlantic about when children say they're trans. And, you know, it's very much in the same boat as um, what's the, the terrible book that just came out? Um, it's like, the transes are killing our daughters and making them men. Right. It's,
0: it, it's the classic turf talking yeah. points of. You know these these trans men don't really want to be men. They just want to free themselves from the shackles of female oppression. They need to be taught to love their womanhood, etc. Like, yeah. just really, you know, just not. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not good. No,
1: nope. no, nope, not good. <laughs> no.
0: Awesome. um but I thought I thought the, the mention of hereditary is interesting because yeah. I I think th- th- y- when, when you talk about possessions it's almost always a a male invasion of a woman's body mm-hmm. but hereditary reverses that and it's now you know grandma, a, right? a woman inhabiting a a man's body but in, it's still kind of a an invasion but it of, is a, also, of a sexual nature
1: but it's also because you know it's the demon who whatever who right. you know at least in the article it talks about how he is a a he and feels like a he regardless of the the body that the demon is currently inhabiting um and so i think it's these kind of these kind of stories Coupled with you know the really base level talking point of like oh I'm an X trapped in a Y's body, mm-hmm. um, which you know is not really accurate but kind of gets the point across to it's like very second laymen. wave
2: feminism as well like <laughs> yeah. the way that's the way that second wave feminism also approaches like male dominance is very much kind of like it it it's it's very much like like that's how. Like, second wave feminism portrays men in media is mm-hmm. not, like, how, like, patriarchal systems are created. It's more like, uh, it's always just the he, and it's always, like, very specific violence. It's not, like, the manipulation part. Right. Um, so... Yeah. That's it's like it's very surface level. It doesn't go any further than that and it doesn't uh it's it doesn't lot explore of, the it's other lot things of, that were created later.
1: Right. I think it's a lot of focus on the body and yeah. of the way that women's bodies are policed. Um but, you know, stops at the like a woman's body can kind of only be this way and if Mm -hmm. it's not like this then it's like it's not a woman's body Mm -hmm. Um, which I think you know Third and are, are we in the fourth wave of feminism? Who I, are I don't know. Now? I don't. I don't really. It's been I
2: argued. I don't, I don't really follow that. Really, uh, um, but I would numbers.
1: say, <laughs> I would say, now nowadays, most intersectional feminists would agree that you know the body and even genetics are not the defining traits of womanhood, and that in fact, seeking to define it narrowly, um, you know, is less helpful than one would. Think if you yeah. were basing all of your views on, you know, the 60s and burning bras and whatnot.
2: Essentialism will always alienate women of some kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, feminist essentialism will always alienate women of some yeah. type of way. Right. Or,
1: and I mean, feminism yeah. has been alienating black women from the beginning. You know, yeah. like, many early feminists uh, in the U.S. advocated for women's rights to specifically because they're like, well, you need more white voters to outvote yeah. these, these black men. <laughs> and so, so we should have us. Like, it's insane that I, a woman, can't vote, but this, this black gentleman can. Uh, but with less nice words.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, also, the movie I was thinking about earlier was not George of the Jungle, but it was uh, a worse movie. Um, it was The Animal, starring Rob Schneider oh god
0: <laughs> yeah right um, and rob schneider also did a body swap movie with uh you know with a woman in the hot chick yes where a, the, a hot chick becomes rob schneider both
2: written by this by rob schneider and a guy by the name of tom brady not no relation to the the, sure. the, the, the super bowl player. <laughs> yeah
0: um, so I, I, I want to, uh, you know, y- you mentioned earlier, Talia, that like, this is, uh, you know, a specifically British problem, but I think that it's, you know, it, it, I don't want to, I don't want to let America off the hook. Oh no. Oh no. I, I, First I, of I'm, all... I'm being
2: clear, like the, the, it's a recent, <laughs> like the, like the ramp up of, of transphobia has, has, has come about in the UK and this, and behind her eyes and. The, the laws that have been enacted um, are, are co- like coinciding with each other is no coincidence. Yeah. But the United right. States is, has also not been great.
0: <laughs> right. We've had a lot of, of bills on the state level that have been introduced and some that have already passed yeah. uh, restricting uh, access for youths to uh, puberty blockers and, and other uh, gender affirming medicines and surgeries. Um, so that's fucked up. And yeah. then... Uh, You know, as far as our media, a very similar kind of movie uh, just came out last year called Freaky, uh, which was a Vince Vaughn vehicle, wherein Vaughn is a serial killer, a male serial killer, who does a ritual to switch bodies with a teenage girl, and uh, it's from the studio that made uh, Happy Death Day. Jeez. You remember that one? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So this is again, you know, the trope of how much more horrifying is it to have a male serial killer in a in a an attractive female body? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's it must be more terrifying because it skews gender in ways that uh, that are that are bad. That she can go up to guys who are attracted to her and trick them into being murdered. I mean, like, <laughs>
2: uh, like. like... Like that's the whole point of the the whole derogatory term like trap that yeah. gets thrown at trans women all the time is that trans women, you know, not you know, not to toot our own horns, are very very hot uh, mm. because uh, and I can get into it, but like. Even indigenous cultures talked about how, like, the beauty of trans people, uh, and like how they are almost like revered as gods in a way because they can transcend the human vessel, uh, etc., etc., etc. Nevertheless, a lot of trans people are very hot.
0: And, um, do you, do you feel like you're transcending humanity right now? <laughs> are you serving up transhumanism? Shut, shut, shut the fuck up. Uh,
2: uh, uh and so a, a lot of that. Kind of gets translated into oh my god the 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 prefix translated yeah oh my god um it gets utilized uh uh, you know through trap as um, yeah as like um a I mean that's the constant someone with a penis uh tricking a a man to have sex with her
1: or or just tricking men either for sex or for any reason, you know, like there's, there's this sense of, um, like entitlement (laughs) to your assumptions, I guess. Um, and, and just like this fear and, and it's the fear defense that is a legal thing that has been used in courts before. Trans panic, which luckily it's still
2: legal in 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 most states. It's still legal legal in In Pennsylvania. It's legal in Pennsylvania. Um, There
1: are there are some states that have like written it out of the books, Um, but it's definitely still an issue. I'm sure it's still an issue in the UK, where you know basically people can say, hey i i panicked when i found out that they were trans so i just had to kill them. that's can you blame me you know
0: yeah right because they he was tricking me into thinking that i was gay yeah yeah and the, yeah. It's the worst thing that a person can be yeah so
2: like yeah. the the basis of the law comes from like fearing a penis and fearing then uh, like then all the way down the line homophobia Like, in a lot of ways, this is a way that helps, but it's not the only way to kind of build, you know, solidarity amongst different groups of people, um, Mm -hmm. is that this will ultimately, like, end up hurting you if this gets passed or something. Because it will ultimately, you know, come down the line of, like, hurting, uh, hurting gay men or hurting, (laughs) uh, cis women, uh, like Mm -hmm. what that law in Florida is where, if someone suspects that you're on, like, a sports team or is presenting not as your assigned gender at birth, mm-hmm. uh, then someone can inspect your genitals. And right. I'm sorry, I don't want anyone looking at an 8-year-old's genitals. I mean, i no, all, like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> who's it? Who's being invasive at this point? Exactly. You know, right. who's, who's who's invading spaces? And but then all of
2: a sudden, you're going to be investigating like eight year old
1: like sisters' vaginas. And even sixteen year old people. Like there are plenty of women. Like there's a classic example um, of you know, turfs were trying to belittle trans women and took a picture that they thought were of trans athletes, but they were literally just regular athletes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so, like, yeah. it hurts cis women. It hurts, like, anyone whose body does not conform. Um, and, like, instead of understanding that the inclusion of trans bodies, like, widens everyone's freedom of expression. Exactly. They're thinking that someone is trying to steal something from them. And it's just very misguided. And,
2: and I think that's how to chop it down is, like, one of the ways to chop it down. There's other mm. ways as well. But, like, it's, like... Chopping down at that, you know, that bodily essentialism mm-hmm. that David you brought up earlier, um, which I think is kind of a, a crux of a lot of this part. But we are kind of, I think, getting off topic in a way. Of, but we are talking about like serious, important. This is thing. the topic. I know, this but like, it. I, I don't know, getting into like the media trips part, but like. This is
0: I, I, I I take that as you know you're, you're you're saying we should dive really into media representations now. Yeah, We're uh, too much in the real look, world look, and real problems. I was just, <laughs> yeah, I mean we need to escape into the world of fantasy where back. where gender can be more mutable <laughs> yeah. than even it is in the real world. Yeah, where where gender can be a plaything. <laughs> where it can be it can be a uh, just a toy to play with <laughs> in uh, you know in children's media yeah. for example um i think that you know most of your examples that you're gonna find of body switching or body swapping or body snatching most of them actually end up happening in uh in children's media uh and and i think that's worth talking about because i think for children they have a sort of contradictorily essentialist and non-essentialist view of gender Mm -hmm. where you Mm -hmm. know gender can be sort of flexible but it's also rigidly defined sometimes as like, you know, if you wear dresses, you're a girl. If you wear, right you know, pants, you're, you're a boy. So because of the the contradictions in adult conceptions of gender, only some of them will get absorbed by children. Mm-hmm. And so they'll start to have weird assumptions about things mm-hmm. and then television shows are often the ones that are that are reinforcing that and the way they so play let's, it up. let's talk about some uh, yeah. some kids shows so that have body swapping across gender yeah and
2: i think like the way that they play a lot of these off is going to be not through how like in behind her eyes were it was like horror and thriller where in this case it's more comedy it's a haha joke type yeah. of thing um whether it you know and even in, in pieces of media that we're going to get to that I like and have, like, helped me, like, cracked my egg in a way. Uh, for those that don't know, crack, like, an egg is someone who doesn't know that they're trans. Some people don't like to use that all the time, but we're going to be using it in this case. Um, is um, someone who doesn't know that they're trans. And cracking said egg is, like, certain aspects, certain media that kind of makes you come to that realization that you are trans. Um So, we'll get into that specifically, but yeah. Because I love... I I have a whole list of all the things that cracked my egg. Why don't let's start there? some of them now. Uh, Tell us. Tell us. uh, Well, I mean, some of these aren't body uh, swapping, but like... That's fine. um, Please. So, I'm just going to go through this whole list. Uh, uh, San Junipero from Black Mirror. uh, Misato from Neon Genesis Evangelion. My Life as a Teenage Robot. Totally Spies. The lesbian couple from Pajama Sam 2. Every time I played a video game, I always loved playing as a girl character. Scooby Doo 1 and 2. One, they do an actual body swap. And two, Shaggy takes a potion that makes him into a girl. Um, The guitar solo in Heaven is a Place on Earth. Um, uh, Cristana Loken from Terminator 3. She's the female Terminator. Uh, uh, The album read by Taylor Swift. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Fiona from Adventure Time. Uh, remember when they did like uh, they they just yeah. all the characters in Adventure Time. Uh, Bauletta from Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, the thirteenth year, the classic Disney Channel original movie about year! about a boy who turns uh, into a mermaid when he was thirteen. As a kid, I was just like, "Hey, when I turn thirteen, I don't want to turn into a mermaid. I want to turn into a girl." Uh, <laughs> and when I turned thirteen, because like all like because I as a kid, I also like did a lot of numerology because I was born on October thirteenth and I was born on a Friday the thirteenth. Oh my so gosh. I was just like, oh, everything's lining up. I'm going to be, it. I'm going to turn into a girl. Nope, did not happen. There was an <laughs> episode of Wizards of Waverly Place that had a body switching in it. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's it for now. We can get into more. But- so
0: I, I want to go back to some of them because I think some of them are interesting and, and, and worth exploring. Yeah. Uh, the first one that popped out to me was, was My Life as a Teenage Robot. Which is, of course, about a a a teenage girl <laughs> robot who's constantly trying to be more of a girl, of a girl, and to be seen as a girl. But then hangs out where... with two guys. <laughs> and uh, and where robots are, are often seen like as as neutral gender or mm-hmm. or uh, through that neutrality like Masculine. stereotyped male gender. Yep. That that her desire to be a female robot is sort of a trans desire to mm-hmm. you know to embody a gender in a social uh, experience. And there's this, an episode where she tries to dress up as a, a woman by wearing like a skin suit uh, that looks like <laughs> a ragged I did man not doll. remember
1: yeah. that. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. We're going we're to be um, yeah, taking it I, back, I think folks. that's an
0: interesting this
2: one. Is, this is flashback time. I said a bunch of things that were like, Holy shit, I remember that. I don't even think... I don't even know where that was in my brain cell. And, like, how did it fit in my brain? So, yeah, we're taking you all back, folks.
0: <laughs> and, and can we talk more about the the Scooby-Doo yeah, films? Yeah, this is... The live-action Scooby-Doo film.
2: Everyone really kind of talks about this. And, like, even, like, as I was, like, still an egg, I would, like... Oh, I would watch both of these movies because, like, I was just, like, Oh, I want to be... I want to be a girl. So, like, I would, like... It was very overtly a thing. I didn't say it out loud, but I would say it subconsciously. So, um, in Scooby-Doo 1, written and directed by James Gunn, uh, who's one of my favorite directors and writers, uh, screenwriters, um, it is live-action Scooby-Doo where the Scooby-Doo gang uh, goes to an island, like an amusement park island. There's a
0: curse where people's souls leave their bodies, and then they get inhabited by monsters, but if you kick out the monster soul then you're like an empty vessel that can have any soul stuffed into mm-hmm. it and so uh fred is in uh daphne's body? daphne's mm-hmm. and, that's the first one and famously he says the. that's line, where it clicked
2: for me i was just like oh <laughs> okay yeah
0: famously in his freddie prince jr voice he says i can look at myself naked yeah so it's uh-huh. again it's like you know these are written by cis people uh-huh. they're not written with trans uh, audiences in mind necessarily uh-huh. and so often they'll they'll still play into you know kind of harmful tropes of but that doesn't mean that they can't be you can't read against them uh-huh. and read you know have a a queer reading of that scene that maybe maybe Fred has not acknowledged that, you know, uh, he's not really Fred, but in fact, you know, uh, a, a, a woman who's calls herself Fred. Yeah, and I think that's... To fit into society. And
2: I think that's kind of, like, like, when we're going through a lot of these tropes or media references, like, a lot of them are not played to, like... To, like, point to an egg like me when I was a kid. They are meant to say, be, like, crack a joke at, like, like the the whole stereotype of, like, being in someone else's shoes. And, like, right. and mm-hmm. like oh, uh-huh, wouldn't it be funny if someone, an established character you already know, was actually in another character's body and they had to go through their daily life motions uh, as them instead of, like, how they actually are. That scene specifically in that kind of interaction was just like, wait a minute. This does not like those two things did not seem compatible in my life when I was a kid. Mm-hmm.
1: All
0: right, and Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed—that was not James Gunn, correct? I thought it, it. was I, still? I think it was still. Okay, I'm like well. I'm
2: like eighty percent sure on that.
1: Tweet um, at us if we're super wrong. <laughs> yeah, tweet us
2: out if we're super wrong. We can also just look it it's up.
0: significantly like, more messy as a screenplay. Uh, whether it's yeah,
2: and like, it doesn't uh, have body swapping, but it has a character. It has Matthew Lillard, who I adore, uh, drink a potion, and the potion gives him a chick's body. And I and I was just like, oh, I wish I had that potion. <laughs> right.
0: Well, one, one thing is that it's often like a very normative idea of mm-hmm. what uh you know when it when it's a body s- switch uh it, it, you know it's often a very normative idea of what a woman's a woman's body looks like in this case he gets like a massive tits. top, massive massive tits. breasts and uh <laughs> you know very thin waist and uh he's he still has his own head which i think at least that is sort of it's uh, that's you know, the changing. Joke, yeah the, the body norm that he, it's, he's still shaggy. He's still got his beard. Um, so that's at least, no nice, woman but, has
1: ever had a, a beard.
0: Well, no, of course, no woman just has ever sounded like shaggy. A, it's not a, it's not a totally, uh, nor, you know, uh, normative, right. uh, body type. Uh, <laughs> and then the, I think, you know, the, the fact that it's not the, the, the transformation that takes place is not one that you could, Achieve in reality with, you know, hormones or or surgery, but it's just literally like a snap of the fingers, and you look like a supermodel of the opposite gender. Mm-hmm. Uh, is you know kind of, it's one of those things that that tends to be uh, ac- across most of these examples.
2: And and a lot of a lot of like like eggs or pre-transition trans women, you know, get the idea. Like I like I had this. And I've said this to friends. I, I said this to our mutual friend, David, uh, Alice. Like I said, I want to transition, but I don't think that I'm going to look beautiful when I transition. I, don't, I think I'm still going to look ugly. I think I'm still going to hate myself all the other things but you don't understand once you actually do transition how much hormones actually affect your body and how they actually move muscle and fat around in places that actually make you more feminine and in ways that you'll actually start appreciating your body my depression has completely gone like has gone away and i actually like looking at myself in the mirror now but um (laughs) Like a lot of the time before I was just like, Oh, I wish it was instantaneous. I wish it was just happened like immediately. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I wanna wake I wanna wake up in like a far, far future, like a cyberpunk future, where I could press a button and I'll be immediately in a body that I like and and looks beautiful in ways that I want it to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, something like, you know, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, but has its own issues.
1: <laughs> Minus all the dystopia. <laughs> Remind us all the
0: dystopia. I think probably the the Star Trek episode is probably one of the first times that this happened, like, on television. Mm -hmm. In in James T. Kirk uh, has a, a woman's mind inside of him as a result of technology. That there's a kind of feeling that, like, technology will set us free, it will unbound us from our bodies, but our bodies are a big part of, of what makes us human. Mm-hmm. So you don't really want, unless you are a, purely a transhumanist and want to, you know, evolve past the need for such, such fleshy things. But I, <laughs> I like being a, I like being a, a bag of bones over yeah. here. Um, <laughs>
1: We're all just <laughs> but a I but of I think it's <laughs> uh,
0: I like being a meat, I like being in a meat sack, uh, but it's, I, 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 I think, I think there's something to like futurism and technology being something to transcend gender Mm -hmm. uh becomes another one of these uh go-tos in Mm. media especially media written by by cis people um do you guys want to just sort of uh go through some random examples of body switching uh media just sort of to uh to finish this out, see if there are any interesting examples on TVTropes.com. Um,
1: so there is the body switch in Shrek. <laughs> with, uh, with Donkey, donkey and, 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 and Puss in and and boots. boots. Yeah. Yes. Um, which, I don't know if it's trans. <laughs> right, but sort it's... of trans
0: species yeah. rather than transgender right. swap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, those are, those are very common, too, in, in children's media. Again, it's like pretending to be a dog or a pony can be, you know, as, you know, as, as easy for a child as, you know, Mm
1: -hmm. as
0: pretending to be anything.
1: (laughs) Right. I mean, I feel like it's also a common trope in, um, like superhero media, like in comics and, and TV shows where, you know, some villain will swap bodies or minds or whatever, uh, with one of the heroes, and then it's like, ah, this duplicitous trickster. Um, right. You know, <laughs> trying to.
0: That's something that uh, TV Tropes calls Grand Theft Me. <laughs> okay. Uh, because they are stealing your you ness. <laughs> and they, they, they divide it into two different types, which are the ones that are stealing your body because you have a superpower or you have access to something. You know, or they're the people who steal your body to you know run around town in your body and make you know you trick people into guy. thinking they're you and make you the bad guy. Yeah. yeah whatever. Uh, so those are really like the two kind of types. But in the second case, that often includes being able to steal someone's gender, their their you know their race or mm-hmm. other immutable characteristics that they uh, that they perceive. Yeah. I just forgot. We we
2: should probably just briefly mention your name um we mentioned it I believe before uh we started recording but your name is a a Japanese uh anime that was well received by a bunch of people and like the main premise is like uh a a country girl and a city boy switch bodies um and they have to go in throughout each other's lives and then they fall in love with each other um where it's like that you know that's kind of cool and cute and adorable but like for me, it doesn't like it doesn't really do much for me because um, I'm gay, so uh, I don't really care for these heterosexual relationships. Um, but yeah, I you know I think you know if you want to check it out, uh, if you I I've been it out.
1: meaning to watch this movie for like since it came out because I, I really enjoy the director. Um, I watched his film Five Centimeters Per Second, uh, which is another. It's a straight love story, but it's, like, a big tragedy, and I'm very into that. I mm-hmm. can do tragic love stories, because um, I'm also not a big love story person. Yeah, it's very,
2: like, from what I've seen, it's very beautiful. Like, it's a very beautifully, like, drawn movie, so yeah, please check it out if you haven't. But
0: Switching gears almost entirely (laughs) Uh, there's a mighty morphin power rangers episode called switching places where blue and pink rangers switch bodies and i think it's interesting going back to what hannah was saying about which characteristics are considered transferable or or essentialist uh when when the blue ranger goes into the pink rangers body now he needs he needs glasses even though it was his original body that needed glasses. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the Pink Ranger's body that needed glasses. <laughs> but, you know, now you, can, you can transfer, along with your soul, your poor eyesight right. or your nerdiness, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's also, um, just on TV trips as well, there's the, the trope of familial body snatcher where, you know, someone snatches bodies of younger generations to sort of re- achieve some kind of immortality. Um, which you know, I think, like like that was part of the Get Out premise was that you know these white people would continue to live through forever through these black bodies. Oh my um, God! Star Wars is on here, Rise of
2: Skywalker. Oh, I hate that movie. Oh my God!
0: <laughs> Wait, Rise
2: of Skywalker had that, a body switch. That was the whole point yeah. of Palpatine's plan. Right, oh, but he doesn't do it, scene. right? No, yeah. it doesn't go. Palpatrine tries this on his granddaughter, Rey, trying yeah. to force her to strike him down with all of her hatred, though it's implied he would have taken Kylo Ren right if he killed her. And he is an <laughs> yeah. Amalgamation of all previous Sith Masters. I don't know. This is stupid.
1: I, I think it's interesting because often when you know, a hero's body is seized by a villain, you know they get sexier. That's, that's that's the like right. coding for villain is just like
0: Right. Remember when uh, Cassandra goes into David Tennant's body yes. in the Doctor Who episode New Earth? Yeah. Uh that was weird.
1: Well, and Rose's body, it's Rose's body. Well, first Rose's yeah. body,
0: then David Tennant's body, but when he, when she's in David Tennant's body, boy does he flaunt it a little bit more <laughs> than usual. I guess not much more than usual.
1: I mean, it's, it's interesting because I feel like this trope is usually either, it's often a comedy trope where, haha, isn't it so wild to see someone who's so different have to act a certain way or be stuck in a body that feels wrong to them? Cue the laugh track. (laughs) Um but then there's also a lot of stories of body snatching and you know possession in horror um cuz I think there's a lot of fear around not having control over your own body anymore or um the fear that your body is desired by someone else in a predatory way and I think the like those fears often do get you know, as we've said for most of this cast, get transplanted onto trans women and men. Um, in that, you know, their goal is to to gain access to something that is yours. Um, and I think people feel very possessive over uh, their conceptions of gender, just because it is often something that's taught really, really young. Um, you know, like, I'm, I'm currently in the interesting experience of working for a family that has non-binary parents and a non-binary child um, who has been raised non-binary, and, you know, so many of the other kids their age care a lot about gender. This kid gives zero craps, you know? Like, they're like, I'm not a boy. I'm not a girl. I don't care. It's fine. I'll figure it out. Like, like you'll ask them and they'll just be like, I'm they, but you know, occasionally one day they'll go, I boy or I girl, but then it'll always revert back. You know, like it's, there's this Mm. free expression that exists and there's a freeness in their presentation that's afforded to them. That is not afforded to most people growing up and especially not in the past. Um, so you know, at least for me, that's some hope for the future, <laughs> um, and some some interesting ways that you know, if more people are sort of being brought up like this, are we going to see people being more critical of these narratives, and are we going to see people creating their own narratives um, that that contradict the the negative associations that a lot of these. Um, these media have presented us with.
0: I think that, you know, that's that's one element to it, but I think for for a lot of the especially the children's media but also some of the adult media, like body switching is about seeing things through other people's perspectives mm-hmm. in like a very literal way. And it's just like, you know, the original Freaky Friday, it's a generational difference right. in perspective, but these other, you know, types of media are doing it as a gender perspective, not realizing that there actually are people who have experienced what it is to live in society as a man and as a woman. Right. Uh, you know, that, that it's totally plausible to have those things and you don't need a magical element to experience things mm-hmm. in two different ways or three different ways or a million different ways based right. on how society treats you. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know, you know, the there's a Jimmy Neutron episode where Cindy and Jimmy switch. And then it ends with them sorting all of their individual personality traits into each other's bodies via computer, Mm -hmm. uh, which is such an interesting visualization. And then there's uh, an an idea that because all of their things were so scrambled and mixed up, all their personality traits, that one of them could have been deleted or left in and then transformed the person permanently. Mm -hmm. So in the end, there's one personality trait that's like, Dislikes girls who dislike boys who dislike girls who dislike boys, and it just has to do with the fact that they have this sexual, you know, uh, uh, you know, prepubescent tension mm-hmm. of like I don't like girls, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but that gets deleted, and so then their personality through technology and through like transhumanism, through gender gender bending, uh, you know, Evolves. something is permanently mutated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I think this is interesting.
2: So yeah, combining all of what we've already been talking about, it's really interesting kind of going even 100 years back because it, Yeah, uh, it, we're referencing another YouTuber again. There's another there's an H bomber guy video about um, why like queer people love HP Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. and I have read every single HP Lovecraft story and I think that's kind of like wow. an honor for myself, but you know, there's <laughs> And it's interesting because there are two stories that actively talk about body switching or do the hereditary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the case of Charles Dexter Ward, where a ancestor of the main character uh, is trying to possess his uh, modern-day self, and by mm-hmm. modern day it's like 1920-something. And then there's the thing on the doorstep, which is about a woman possessing... Uh, another character, uh, in the story and, like, controlling his body and, like, them switching bodies. So it's very interesting that, like, these same tropes are hundred years old and, like, still replicated in, like, almost exact same fashion today. Mm -hmm. Um yeah it's just very interesting um like the thing on the doorstep is very familiar to actually behind her eyes i think oh uh, <laughs> someone notices a change in someone's behavior uh like one like the main character's friend is like all chill and stuff and then uh turn like this this woman dies and then he uh what's it called and then like it like the, like the main character's friend is like acting weird and it turns out the woman that died uh who was his friend's wife possessed his body and that oh. his body is, and that his soul is inside her dead body mm-hmm. uh so it's basically behind her eyes yeah and the, th- and the reason why it's called the thing on the doorstep is because there is a like the main character opens the door and there's this like Skeletal corpse on the doorstep, and like the twist is that actually it's his friend possessing uh the woman's like his skeleton. wife's body on the corpse uh, on the on the stoop. Yeah, wild. Okay. Yeah, this
1: was this was uh, written a, in 19-
2: 1937. 1933.
1: More interesting than behind her eyes already. Oh, absolutely, way more interesting. That's alive. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's it's way more interesting.
0: One thing that we haven't really touched on is that a lot of times the body switching happens within the family. That's because a lot of these are deriving themselves from Freaky Friday, mm-hmm. the original Disney film. Um, and so, you know, in Gravity Falls, there's an episode where the two twins switch uh, switch bodies mm-hmm. and they react with absolute, like, horror, like vomiting and like freaking out and you know there's a lot of uh of of weird stuff there um but then of course it's about them learning to see things from each other's perspectives again bridging the sibling rivalry gap uh it's not a you know let's prove who has it worse you know boys or girls kind of thing uh, it sometimes which, which it is in a lot of other. Yeah. It sometimes does do that. It, it, there's a there's also like Fairly Odd Parents does this kind of thing a lot. There's an episode where Timmy uh, turns into a girl in order to spy on his crush One of my and favorite episodes? She, it's a great episode. What she likes? One of my favorite
2: episodes. I don't know why, but we, it is. <laughs> I well, well, I think it's a very I, I mean it's, it's very
0: obvious that's why it's my favorite. Episode. I think it's a very Gen X, you know, perception of like what kinds yeah. of lessons you can take Definitely. away mm-hmm. because of course what what Timmy realizes is that girls are are okay to like boy things and boys are okay to like girl things. Mm-hmm. So that's a good lesson for children to learn, but does it not still reinforce the idea that there are
1: girl things know, and boy things? There
0: are Right, and that to do to to embrace something that's a little bit different does otherize you and mm-hmm. does you know set you apart, whether it should or shouldn't, you know, they're implying that it does. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's also an an episode where Timmy switches bodies with his mother and experiences the difficulties of motherhood. Again, you know, Freaky Friday, but yeah. but this time with two different uh, different bo- bodies yeah. of different genders.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I mean, um, it's usually to learn a, a lesson yeah. of some kind too. A of lot course. of these kids yeah. shows ones. Sorry, Talia.
2: Yeah, no. Then there's uh, was as I mentioned in my list of things that cracked my egg. Uh, the episode of Wizards of Waverly Place where the dad teaches the three kids uh, a spell that makes you body switch. Um, I remember when I saw the ad for this. Episode Like uh, Cause I was a little kid And I was just like Oh I wanna watch that episode Um And uh Yeah And then they They get into hijinks Cause they do it Throughout the entire episode And they're like they Messing up their, they messing up Their social lives And all their friends ah. And it's like Oh Oh she was gonna be invited To like this cool party With this guy And Because they switched bodies She Made a fool of herself And didn't get to go to the party Oops Siblings, you gotta <laughs> love them.
1: I hate it. Uh, and that. then
0: the last thing that I personally feel the need to bring up, uh, although we can continue the conversation further, no, it's the last thing that I want to bring up is in more adult media mm-hmm. that deals with this trope, uh, they tend to fall into this thing of when men inhabit women's bodies, they want to, to touch themselves. There's an erotic pleasure to inhabiting a woman's body.
1: The autogynephilia. So, you know, Peter Griffin. All... Yeah.
0: Right. If if Peter Griffin become you know, inhabits Lois' body, he's going to play with her, you know, her breasts. Look, I love and... playing with
2: my tits all day. But that is one aspect of me loving who I am. <laughs>
0: Right. It's the same thing with, you know, Fred saying, I get to look at myself naked or whatever. There's, you know, there's, like, pornographic or erotic media dealing with body switching in in a big way that don't necessarily reckon with actual trans bodies in any way because they're able to bypass them with some kind of magic button that, you know, changes your gender automatically. Um, But I think, you know, I think as we... (laughs) As we move forward, I think... First of all, I think a lot of people are going to shy away from using this trope. <laughs> I think people are more or less going to steer clear. Uh, well, I, and, I think and it's... maybe that's a mistake. I think
1: it's interesting because... You know, I want to bring up Sense Eight as sort of like a counter argument okay. to, this, to is, these. this is going to be
2: good. I like this. Yes, <laughs> this is uh, you no. Know, this know. is something that I should have mentioned because I never actually watched Sense Eight yet, and I oh, should. Girl, I know you it's have weird. To. So why weird. Would you I have brought it up if no, you haven't watched because it? I know what happens in it, and I know that <laughs> okay. it, this like this concept is such a. It's like why Sense Eight is so positive amongst like why trans people do enjoy Sense Eight.
1: Beyond just the fact that there like. is a trans woman in it in who it, is yeah. awesome. Um, and, you know, directed by the Wachowski right. the sisters, is, um, yeah. who, you know, trans icons. They made my favorite movie, Cloud Atlas. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, so just like that show is about this idea of it's not so much body switching, but body sharing, which is like to me at least, feels like this very interesting communal sort of (laughs) communist (laughs) future of the trope, you know, where, you know, it's not your body or my body, it's our body together, you know. And, like, you can draw boundaries where you need to or want to, but the idea is that you become so... Intimately close with these people, and that you experience their bodies the way they do, and the way other people, and like the way you might.
0: Yeah, it's um, sort of a, a humanist transhumanism yeah. where yes, we yes. become part of a hive mind, but it's not techno- technologized. Right. It's not purely digital, uh, digital, and and in non flesh. Right, but it's, it's a humanistic. It talks
1: about h-
0: transhumanism. Right, like
1: it talks about the joy of that being experience. With or being right. with
2: others. It's 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 about yeah. community and it also like inadvertently talks about like gender fluidity and mm. non binariness and like the like this and, bu- and like this beautiful future of like everyone collectively sharing and working together in a community and also being with each other and expressing and understanding each other's genders mm. in a beautiful way.
1: And you know, it also talks about you know the the dangers and the thrill, and adds like a sense of drama to the whole thing. So you know it's not just like what is it like anamorphs
0: nice. that you can get stuck?
1: No, 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 no. No, there's no. Like there's bad like this guys giant of bad guys. Like, yeah, who are like and they have hunting to, you down, and they have to
2: team up and stuff, and want like to
1: stop people from. They, they having combine this power. all
2: of their like kick ass like have martial arts skills together and they like like work together to
0: like
1: they all are skilled th- in different areas and so it's they skilled in
2: different areas and they work together to do yeah. that. It's very cool. Um all
0: right. I think I think that is uh, we've had a uh, you know a very varied conversation. It's we've covered a lot of topics. There's no possible way that we could cover every <laughs> no. single example mm-hmm. nope. of gender related body switching media. So please tweet at us at Talking Trope's and let us know what your favorite was, whether tra- you know this, you consider this to be transmedia, whether you don't consider it to be, uh, you know, a trans representation, whether it cracked your egg or whether it uh, makes you sick, yeah, uh, made you crawl back know. inside, we're... But you crawl back
1: inside, <laughs> you know.
0: and yeah, um, but yeah. but we're really interested to, to hear uh, any any feedback that you have, and uh, we, we we're going to talk about more uh tra- trans uh, body swapping media next week when we talk about Prelude to a Kiss for our Standing Stanley Tucci series. Yeah. Um, uh, wait, what? Is, wait, what? Here. Prelude to a Kiss, Meg Ryan and Alec Baldwin, and then uh, Meg Ryan switches bodies with an old old man. An old oh, old o- man. Okay. Oh, right before oh, their shit. wedding. Shit, we forgot to talk uh, about the Cobbler, everyone's favorite movie, The Cobbler. Fuck. <laughs> the Cobbler with with Adam Sandler.
2: That was the whole thing. Is that he literally walks in someone else's shoes? Ah. Uh. Uh. Oh, yeah. he possesses like he becomes the person who has the shoes. You, like that's you got his, it. Yeah. You oh. Oh. Known as
0: a fake, I'm what's known as a fake Adam Sandler oh. fan because I, I mainly only like him in uncut gems. So <laughs> he's mainly absolutely <laughs> in uncut gems. fake and not valid. That's me. Incredible.
1: Um,
0: but yeah, check us out uh, next week. Uh, Talia, is there anything that you want to plug or say? Uh,
2: you can follow me on Twitter at the Pizza Taco. Uh, where I post uh, mainly me being sad and me trying to vibe. I know the dialectics of that are very interesting, um, and and Marxism and Marxism, lots of, yeah. So lots of Trotskyism, Marxism, uh, Marxism. Uh, me being sad, trying to vibe, and then memes. So if you like any or all of those things, please follow me on Twitter uh, at the Pizza Taco, where we can talk about all these fun, beautiful things.
1: Thank you again so much for being on. I We this couldn't have fun. done it without it. your insight.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's probably glad yeah, we We'd love hundreds. to have you back
0: if you have any ideas in the future for, for tropes for us to talk
2: Definitely. about. Definitely. I consume media all the time because I'm always <laughs> online. Because I have nothing better to do. I am incredibly <laughs> mentally ill. And, yeah. So, yeah. I'm probably going to find something that really ticks me off. And it's like, oh, I noticed... A lot of media does this. Well, if if you
1: do, and and any of you out there do as well, you can tweet at us at Talking Tropes, and uh, maybe we'll get to it in the future. (laughs) See you you guys. Goodbye. And
0: check out Behind Her Eyes on Netflix. But actually, don't.
1: (laughs) I'm leaving. I'm stopping right now.